It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroth, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast on a Friday. A lot to get to. It actually feels like spring in Cincinnati today. Uh, didn't last night when it was like 30 degrees, but that's okay. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked on Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Mock Draft 4.0 up right now, LockedOnBengals.com. We will have one more before Thursday's draft. By the way, Thursday, if you're in the Cincinnati area, come to Dickman's Sports Cafe, Northern Kentucky. I will be broadcasting live with 700 WLW. 9 to 11, I'm scheduled. I might hang around until midnight if I'm happy with the pick. So uh, join me. Come say hi. I'll get there by 8 o'clock or so. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. We can celebrate the Bengals pick as long as it's not someone we don't like. And and for more on that, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. He joins us every single week. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. We're going to do a lot in this podcast, try something new when it comes to the draft. We'll do that in a couple minutes. Also going to dive into a couple prospects that have been tossed around by Dave Lapham. want to get Joe's take on that. But first, Joe, I know you're cranking it out right now for The Athletic. Let our listeners know what they can get right now if they subscribe to The Athletic to check out your work. They're going to get everything you you can dream of for Bengals and draft analysis. No, I'm not, I'm not that serious, but... Um... I've got a lot coming out in the next few days from what I perceive to be the Bengals draft board, not only for the first round, but for all seven rounds. And it's compiled of all the data I use to really get a good feel for what they're going to do every year. And uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I usually end up pretty close. So it'll be worth your time. Uh, I'll have my final mock draft. And as the picks roll in and after I'm going to review every single player and break down every single player they do draft, I'm sure they'll draft a few guys I've never even seen before. So that'll be fun for me to go in and, and, and watch them for the first time. But So if they make 11 picks, I'm going to have 11 pieces come out within you know three or four days of every single player uh, and, and grade the final draft. So this next week, I'm going to have a lot coming out and. This is my time, and this is my week, so this is when you want to subscribe. <laughs> it is. It, Am no I wrong? Da- <laughs> no doubt it is. No, you're absolutely right. It's just funny. I've never heard you. This is my time. I was ready for some kind of music and some kind of intro. Um, and the thing is, you know I'm going to be bothering you. So as busy as you are with The Athletic, at some point I'm going to be bothering you like, hey, man, you want to talk about how they drafted, I don't know, um, I'm, and I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm going to pick, insert whatever name. I was going to try to pick someone uh, that people would hate. And let's start there uh, because, Colton, <laughs> because Colton Miller is a guy that Dave Lapham threw out there on, on 700 WLW. Lapp will be on Monday's podcast, by the way, Locked on Bengals listeners. Um, it, it, it's a guy he threw out there. He didn't say the Bengals were dead set on, on him or anything like that, but he, he mentioned his name along with Mike McGlinchey. We've talked, Joe, about how Mike McGlinchey – in our eyes, and it might have changed for you, it hasn't for me. I think if he's there at 21, the Bengals run to the podium, get him, and they get the hell out of there and wait for round two. 
as far as Colton Miller goes, the idea of the Bengals drafting him at 21 is... It's scary. Um, (laughs) And here's why I think the name is okay to bring up. Because he probably is the number two tackle in a bad tackle class. We should remember that. Um, McGlinchey is the best one, hands down. Uh, He's got the best tape. He's got the size. Uh, He's a good enough athlete, really good run blocker. He's very well coached and very scheme diverse. Uh, He's got issues like every guy or else he'd be a top ten pick. So the next guy, if you're saying Isaiah Wynn is a guard and it seems like most NFL teams are saying that, is probably Colton Miller because it's a bad group, that next group, and you want a guy that at least has the size and the athleticism, and Miller has both of that. He's six foot eight and tested like a freak, probably the best offensive lineman testing ever. So teams are going to say, well, I can fix that. You know, I can work with that. We're talking a bad class and I need tackle, which still is extremely valuable in, in, in the NFL. Uh, that's why he should be discussed. But I think you say we've done the project thing twice and, and in the same year with Abwehi and Fisher. I think Miller reminds me of Fisher a bit. The thing with Miller is the tape isn't very good at all, and it's because he's got a fatal flaw in his mechanics. Uh, he takes a false step, which means he needs to work completely on his on his vertical drops and, and his, his kick slides and really everything that's a deep drop in the NFL. And that that's scary. That normally you do take those guys in the third round range, maybe late second. Uh, but because Miller tested like a freak, he's getting pushed in that first round category. And uh, it'll be interesting if if he's on the board and the Bengals are serious about maximizing the offensive line value and saying let's go tackle now and go center at forty six. If that's the path they go, I think it's a risky path in order to slightly upgrade from Fisher, Jake Fisher, at this point. I, I, I am encouraged by the report from Jason Lock and Ford this morning that said the Raiders are, are high on him at number nine. I think there's other teams that may be interested in going with the upside in Colton Miller. So I think for all of our interests, we should hope he's gone at 21. Yeah, and, and so that's that's interesting to me as well because to me, I've seen Colton Miller in mocks, and, and I would assume that he was closer to the 46th overall player, and if he was going to be a candidate for a pick, that's where uh, I have them. Yeah, is at 46. So let's say the Bengals go center. And right now, I think that's probably most likely. I think they probably take their favorite center, whether it's Billy Price, who I think a lot of fans would love. Uh, I think you are, are totally on the Frank Ragno or James Daniels end of that. But if yeah. they go center at 21 and a guy like Colton Miller is there at 46, is it worth it? to spend a pick on him there in round two. Yeah, that's where it makes sense. Uh, and I've said this before, and there's other guys similar to Colton Miller, uh, uh, Brian O'Neill from Pitt. Um, he, that's where you want to take those guys. It, like I said, they remind me of Jake Fisher. That is not a bad thing. That is a good bet, or that's a bet worth investing in on these prospects, because that's really what it is when you're picking these guys. Are they safe bets? Are they bad bets? The size, the length, the athleticism testing, Make him a good bet. When you look at the elite tackles in the league, they all tested very well. Uh, it, it's you know there's a correlation there, especially at tackle. So for Miller's already got that leg up on a lot of prospects that did not test well. Guys like Terrell Crosby or a uh, Jamarco Jones. You'd rather have uh, a Miller if you're going to do it at, at 46. So for me, I remember mocking Fisher to the Bengals at 21 a couple years ago. And then he ended up being there in the second round. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miller was still there. I think that's what makes sense 
we, we got to come back to logic sometimes because right now we're still stuck on, on draft rumors and smoke screens. And sometimes they're true right now because teams are setting their board. So you, if, if say the board's starting to get set and you hear teams go, oh, we really like Josh Jackson, the, the Iowa corner at 15 in the Packers uh, example here. I believe that because he's he slated to go there. It makes sense, and it's a need for them. So that rumor I believe in. But when it's someone like Colton Miller where the tape doesn't match and they say he could go number nine, I think we should step back and say, I don't know how much we should believe this. And, and while I hope it's true because I don't wanna, want the Bengals to make that decision at 21, I think that's the, the example of when we got to separate the smoke screens from the real information. But at 46, I think it makes sense. I don't believe, or at least I think it's unlikely that they go back-to-back offensive linemen, though. You mentioned Jason Macanfora's report about um, j- just today he came up with a bunch of different things, including Colton Miller. And that report also included Frank Ragno and how he's climbing up draft boards. And I think he's certainly climbed up your board as you've dove in, watched more film on him, watched tape, evaluated him. The idea of at, at him being the Bengals pick at 21, is he your top center? Is it James Daniels? I know it's between those two, and it seems like you're uh, fond of Frank Ragnow of late. I struggle because part of the process is trying to put a value on upside. And upside can be whatever you perceive it to be, and a lot of people look at it differently. Because when you're drafting, you're not just drafting the best college player. Because Tim Tebow would go number one, right? You have to project them into the NFL. You have to see what traits work in the NFL game because the college game and NFL game are different. And um, so it's not exactly a one-for-one fit when you're, t- when you're taking college players to the NFL. So when I watch them, you have to put in that little bit of projection still in them. So, I, again, saying all that, I still struggle because I think Frank Ragnow is the better player out of the three centers and between James Daniels and Ragnow. He's better right now. Um, his tape is really good. His measurements were really good. He could be a top five center in the league. I, I feel that way. Uh, and I think he's worth the 21st pick every single draft. He's a good player and a good prospect. James Daniels, I would say a lot of the same about, but I do think he has a little bit more flaws in his build and in his game. Um, but correctable things because he's 20 years old. Uh, and the, his upside plays, his flash plays are Freaky. I mean, you shouldn't be able to make a reach block look so easy and so natural, but he's long and he's athletic, freaky athletic, that you go, man, if he rounds out the rest of his game and it's just a small portion, he doesn't have anything where I would call a fatal flaw in his game. If he just rounds out his, his, his bottom half, he's going to be a stud. And not only just a stud, a guy who transforms your running game, where you say, because of him, we can run this zone stuff all day long because he is a freak. And that interests me. I think it's safer to go right now, and I think he's got, honestly, a top five upside for, for a center. So I, for me, I'd say, okay, if you feel he's safer, if you feel he's got just the same ability to end up being a, an elite center, you take right now. But, man, I am attracted to what James Daniels offers and what he could possibly be. This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car 
that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with my bookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live, building ideas on the same page. And see more of your team on screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. It doesn't sound like you can go wrong. He's Joe Goodberry. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. You had a really good idea the other day. And you text me and you're like, hey, this is what we should do. And obviously... My uh, mock drafts, if you're familiar with them, at LockedOnBengals.com. If not, a lot of people use these anyway, these Fanspeak mocks at Fanspeak.com. There's a link to it on the website at, at LockedOnBengals.com. You're like, let's do a couple mocks while we're on the podcast. Genius idea. I think so. I think it's a genius idea. And uh, let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So let's let's dive in here. I'm going to hit the simulation, 
And well, how do you want me to do this, Joe? This was your idea. I love the idea. Should I read off the pick? Should I say who's gone? Should I not? How should we do it? No, we should be aware of who's gone. Um, just maybe the notable picks. We don't have to read all 20 guys every single time. But, uh, you know, if Lamar Jackson's gone, we should know he's gone. And, and then we'll read who they have as the best available. And uh, you can, you know, debate who you want. We'll do it like a war room thing. If Fair. you're the, the GM and I'm the head coach and we're like, okay, these are the best guys on the board, who are we picking? And it would be, a, you know, we're going to have a little discussion and we'll, we'll hopefully turn the key together and, and choose somebody. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, Vita VA went 11th overall. I think that's a guy that is probably at least on the Bengals' radar. You mentioned Lamar Jackson went 12th to the Bills. Derwin James fell a bit, which there have been rumors about that, 13th to He's the Redskins. Yeah, I would love him. Like, if Derwin James is there at 21, how great is that? I mean, that is that is exactly why, if that happened, why you'd be fine with waiting on Eric Reed until after right. the draft. Yeah, and Terrell Austin uh, showed a lot of interest in him at the Pro Day. They talked together. They they, they talked about different drills and different things he, he's done at Florida State. Uh, I think the interest is there. They don't expect him to be there. I think top 15 is definitely the, the range. But they thought Tyler Eifert would go top 12 also that year. And then all of a sudden, you know, they didn't have a private workout with him. That's the last pick the Bengals haven't had a private visit with in the first round. Uh, same with Derwin James. But I think the interest is there. And if he was there at 21, they would jump at it and forego offensive line until the next round. Yeah, I, I agree. And I wouldn't have any problem with that. With that being said, McGlinchey, a guy I think is certainly on the Bengals' radar, went 15 overall to Arizona. I've done a lot of these mocks, and that seems to be – yeah, the spot where he goes. Hopefully, Arizona decides to go for quarterback instead. Um, Raquan Smith fell all the way to seventeen. Man, which trade up? <laughs> yeah, like there, I, I don't see that happening. I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. I get it, prospect people like Edmonds. I'm not overthinking it. If I if I need a linebacker in the top ten, I'm taking Raquan Smith. Scenarios where you would be comfortable uh, bypassing offensive line. That's another one of them. Yeah, I agree. Isaiah Wynn, by the way, staying in the division, went to Baltimore 16th overall. Maurice Hurst, who has been on at least some uh, people's radar for the Bengals, um, he went 19th to the Cowboys. I don't know where to place him on my board. Yeah. I've I've placed him because I finalized what I think the Bengals board looks like. But without knowing the medicals, if they give him a clean bill of health, I think he's a top 12 player. So um, it's interesting. It's interesting if he's there at 21, if he's like the BPA guy again, where they say we can do this and, and, and we'll find offensive line later. Oh my God. I just saw something that we have to talk about in a second. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. We, a, a, a report. I, yeah. Uh, a mock draft at Bengals.com. Oh, okay. Uh, Will Hernandez went 20th to Detroit. All right. So, really? so I'm going to name some of the best players available, and then we go from here. Is it Zaire Alexander? Is it Zaire? Is, uh, is it Jaire? 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 I don't know. I don't know how to say his name. I know he's really good, yeah. and I know his last name's Alexander, the corner out of Louisville, yeah. is considered the, the best player available. Um, Darius Geis, 18th. Obviously, the Bengals not in the, the, the mold for a running back, but uh, Taven Bryan, Deron Payne, both defensive linemen out of Florida and Alabama, respectively. Bengals have expressed interest in both. Uh, James Daniels available, Frank Ragno available, Billy Price available, Connor Williams available. Um, so the offensive linemen are there. Josh Jackson uh, from Iowa available if you're looking at corner there. So there's still a lot of guys. Rashawn Evans, who the Bengals hosted for a visit, available. Um, so I think this is an expected turnout then, right? Yeah, this is. Pro- it, it seems like it's the most likely scenario. 
and that's it sucks. I wish the Bengals would have only traded back to like 17 because it's such sure. a difference in my mind to 21. But they're going to get a good pick. They're going to get a guy. In my mind, if this happens, Joe, I lean center. What about you? I do too. And I wonder if – I know you know we're speaking for ourselves here, but for the Bengals, I wonder where they have a Jair Alexander and a Josh Jackson. Um, this is a really good corner class. I mean, I think you could have – Six guys go in the top 45, 50 maybe, and it's really, really good. Um, and, you know, if you saw Jackson with those ball skills, he honestly is a lot like William Jackson without that top-end speed. They're long-legged guys with phenomenal ball skills. Uh, I think fans would riot it if they took a corner, but I can see them being interested by it. I think for me here looking at the board, it's center. It's center all the way. Yeah, I, I agree. So that's a good segue because – I can't believe Jeff Hopson did this at Bengals.com. I can't believe he did it. I can't believe he did it. And I have to ask you about it because he's available in this fan speak mock. The slide. Calvin Ridley to the Bengals at 21 at Bengals.com. Jeff Hopson. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Like That's weird. And, and the thing is, is like all the centers are available. Holy crap. What the hell is going on? Like, I like wide receivers. That makes zero sense to me. He says... What uh, does he say? Okay, go Yeah, ahead. yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Here here we go. Uh, he says, don't get mad. Yes, they are stacked with young, unproven receivers. Take a deep breath. Right, they took Ross in all 17 of his snaps at uh, ninth overall last year. But don't read Ridley's name in there. The slide is symbolic. Uh, Ridley faces the dilemma they've probably been grappling with the last month. They're going to come face-to-face with the best player available philosophy and balancing it against need. It is doubtful Ridley is going to be here. I don't think it's doubtful. I think it's kind of likely. Hard to see him getting past. Yeah, hard to see him getting past Dallas. It's not hard for me to see that either. If it's not Ridley, it's quite possibly uh, the highest-graded player like him that falls. Wow. So he mentions Davenport or a run-stuffer like Vita Vie. He says... Oh my goodness. He's dead serious. He's dead serious about this. He's oh my lord. Like so relax. It probably won't be Ridley, but they will have to have the discussion. Fine. Fine. If he's saying they'll have to have the discussion, I'm okay with that. What? Because I think you should discuss your BPA players. Is he one of the best pl- like I don't see him No. I he's for me he wouldn't be in my top twenty. I would have Josh Jackson ahead of him. I would have Alexander ahead of him. I would have all two of the centers ahead I of him. I would have Cameron Sutton over him, wide receiver. I would have more from Maryland over him. So he's not even the best receiver, in my opinion. So I don't think this is a scenario that actually plays out. I think if you're not – Jeff Hobson is an insider. I'm going to say if you are somebody who doesn't pay attention to the draft closely, you would say this would be a BPA. I think, in truth – Calvin Ridley is, won't be the BPA in any scenario. Where would he play? Like, why you is put, why is Brandon LaFell even be a here? Good guy. Yeah, but then okay, so then why is Tyler Boyd still here? I, I mean, are you cutting Which, Cody Core for Calvin Ridley? Oh like, yeah, you're cutting all. You're, you can cut LaFell. I mean, if you're going to draft a guy and, and you have three first round receivers and a second round guy in Boyd, Boyd's not, oh. Boyd shouldn't stop you from drafting a receiver. I'm not saying you draft one in the first round. I'd say if you're third round and Anthony Miller from Memphis is still there, guess what? Boyd's on the bench because Anthony Miller is a better player. So, um, you know, there are scenarios where you 
wide receiver could become best player available. Well, they scouted James Washington from Oklahoma State, went to, you know, and, and had discussions with him. If he's a second round player, third round guy, I mean, there is scenarios where they take a, a wide receiver. I just don't think Kelvin Ridley is ever the best player available at 21. Yeah, I agree with you. Oh, my goodness. And the crazy part is he has Frank Ragnall falling all the way to 39. It's a media mock that they do. Ragno falls yeah. to 39. They get Will Hernandez at 46. I'm going to be Ooh. honest with you, though, James. Yeah. The media is not the best people to do mock drafts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I know. I know. I just – look, I and love I'm wide receivers, that, but oh. – I'm saying that because even those – maybe I don't think my, of myself as that, but, you know um, – there's a disconnect there. The difference between like the draft analysts and the guys who know their team. The draft analysts don't know their team that no don't know those teams very well. So it could be like someone uh, on on NFL.com picking for the Bengals, and you're like, what? They don't even have a need there. And then it could be someone from that covers the Bengals that picks somebody, and you're like, they're not even the best player at that position. Like a like the Inquirer guy taking Billy Price, calling him the top center, and like. Jeff Austin saying Ridley's the best receiver. Those guys don't follow the draft. So there's a disconnect there. Um, and I was just going to say, well, and that's why I have a place in this Internet world is because I try to marry the both, <laughs> both of them. And, that, and I'm, then that's why I would say Price isn't the best center. Ridley's not the best wide receiver. I don't expect Ridley to happen. Gotcha, gotcha. He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Tell me if I'm wrong, James. I don't want to be too confident. I'm just feeling really good on draft week. No. Why the hell would you take Calvin Ridley? Like I, You wouldn't. Oh, I, John Ross is better than Calvin Ridley. John Ross yes, would be the I've best wide that. receiver in this draft, and it's not, yes. it's not even that close. So can we right. stop with the Calvin Ridley? Anyways, um, all right, so let's get well, back let's to continue. our – Let's get back. Yeah, let's get back to our mock. So Alexander's there, Brian's there, Payne's there. I think we agree, though, that center is kind of where it should be. Um, I, I say Who no. Who do you to, want, James? I don't want Billy Price. I'm down to James okay. Daniels. I'm down to Frank Ragnell. And honestly, I think should we talk about Connor Williams? If you want to, if you think he deserves to be in the discussion. Only reason I I. I think the Bengals don't want to take a guard. I think a lot of teams, if he's a guard for them because of his shorter arms and because of his play style, really, um, I think he falls behind Wynn and Hernandez. But in this scenario, both those guys are gone. So that's why I'm saying maybe we should consider him at this point. Uh, Again, I think center is a more valuable position than guard. So for me, I'm still sticking with center. I just think it's interesting that Williams kind of is the forgotten guy on the offensive line that that when we discuss, you know, all the potential. Yeah, I in my eyes here if we go center i need the guy who's ready now completely ready now to hit the ground running to do the the one trait that russell bodine had that um was respectable is that he started right away played all the games was very durable uh i think frank Ragnow is more ready based on what i've heard than james daniels to be really 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 good now and, look, Andy Dalton, he's got three years left on his deal. If you're going to go center, why not get the guy that can help you in his, in his with all these guys still in their prime, ready to win now? You need to open that window back up. I think you do it with Frank Ragnow. Uh, do you have yeah. a, a disagree? Do you want to go James Daniels here? I, I'm not going to argue and go James Daniels, to be honest with you. I'm going to say if, if we want Frank Ragnow, I have similar grades on him. He's the safer guy and on an offensive line that could use a little bit of that. Um, and I honestly think his upside is, is 
just as good without being transcendent, as I described earlier. Um, I, Frank, right now, let's turn the key. I, I'll draft him all day. Okay, so you would you say he's more pro-ready right now, too? Yeah, I yeah. would. Um, not that Daniels isn't. I just think right now, three years starting, he's got experience at guard and center. Um, in a in a well coached team, a well coached offensive line, I think he's he's ready to plug and play and start and be a solid contributor from as a rookie. Next week, we're going to do more rounds than this. We're just doing the first round today. I just put the pick in. Frank Ragnow is now a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Patriots, just so you know, they went with Alexander, the cornerback, and then they went Orlando Brown at 31. That ain't happening. But Yeah. <laughs> Should we try one you know, more? Yeah, and pick a different board so we get a different scenario. All right, let's go. Let's go. Pick a different board. All right, we'll talk while I do this because this is you're way better at this stuff than me. Okay. So they pick Frank Ragnow. Your instant reaction if okay. that happens next Thursday. I would be happy. My instant reaction would be it would be honestly high five worthy. You know because you look back at the the last time two centers went in the first round. Alex Mack was the twenty first pick that year. I think that's who you're drafting. I think you're drafting that type of guy where you have a top center for as long as you will keep him under contract, which is always, I guess, the downside of being a Bengals fan is do they value the interior offensive line? I think first round, though, you get that fifth-year option is also why I believe they would rather go interior O-line in the first rather than wait until 46 because of that fifth-year option, because you lock them up one more time without really throwing huge money at these guys. Um, but again, in five years when we're talking about that, this team could be very, very different, not only from head coach to maybe even owner at that point, right? I mean, yeah. uh, so who knows when they get to that scenario. It may be KD Blackburn's decision to, to resign the, the center of, of, of wherever they choose. So, um, yeah, that fifth-year option is something we should consider when we're looking at these guys, and, and I think that's why interior line makes more sense. All right, Joe, we are on the clock. Okay, what board do we pick this time? Uh, Matt Miller's board. Good. All right, so we got Matt Miller's board. Quarterbacks go one through three. Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen. Tyrell uh, Crosby Jr., fourth. Oof. Anyways, um, that's a typical Browns pick. Uh, Raquan Smith, noteworthy, (laughs) sixth overall. Derwin James went seventh overall. Um, Allen, 12th overall to the Bills. That would be cool for the Bills. Lamar, 15th. Lamar Jackson. McGlinchey, I thought he was going to fall, fell a whole pick further than last time. Uh, 16th overall to the Ravens. Vitavier. I think that's a murderous row of where McGlinchey doesn't make it to 21 in, in real life. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. Like, let's say he gets to Seattle. Why wouldn't Seattle want him? Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, by the way, speaking of say, Seattle, they get Isaiah Wynn. Uh, Vitavier, if I say that right, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably butchering it every time. But he went 17th to the Chargers. Ronnie Harrison, safety to the Cowboys. Darius Geis to the Lions. Bengals now on the clock. On Matt Miller's board, Connor Williams is the best available, followed by Marcus Davenport, Josh Jackson, Calvin Ridley, Leighton Vander Esch, Rashawn Evans. Uh, all three centers are still there. Um, So it's it's really... We're almost in the same spot. Colton Miller, obviously, still there. Uh, Taven Bryan there. So it's a dilemma. And if you haven't checked out my mock yet, I I had them taking Josh Jackson at this point because I think he could be the best player available. It'll be interesting to see. 
One to add here is Leighton Vander Esch from Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's six five and 245 and athletic, at least measured that way, I think he flashes it on tape too. Um, raw, but at the same time, ascending, I think, in his, in his development, would be fair to say. I, I always say if you watch his tapes in order, you end up leaving on the last one and saying, man, you get shades of Brian Urlacher stuff. And, um, you know, if that's the case, and if they still want a linebacker that's an athlete that could potentially cover better than what they have on the inside, um, Vanderash would make a lot of sense. And I think with all three centers still remaining, and I, we, we expect that, I believe, in every scenario, unless um, Bengals are too transparent and someone jumps them for their guy. Uh, all three centers remaining in this scenario, the way if we're using Matt Miller's board, it looks like he's got them ranked a little bit lower, and then, then the chances increase that you believe one of them will be there at 46. I think if you did go somewhere other than center, like a Leighton Van Der Esch in this scenario, um, with 11 picks, 10 more after this, you would want to be aggressive and get yourself into the 40th spot, 38, 39 if you could, to secure one of the top two centers in, in, in that case. So for me, I'm going to say I'm going to vote for Leighton Van Der Esch to give us something different, and then let's roll it to see when all three centers are gone. That's interesting. Okay, so I, I get you with Van Der Esch. Um, I don't know. I get it. I understand it. But I've heard you and I've heard a bunch of people say how deep this co- this class is at linebacker. It the, is. The Bengals have 11 picks. Linebacker is a need. I don't think it's their biggest need. Um, I'm going to make the argument now for a corner, and I know people hate it, and Let's just go with it here. Let's say Josh Jackson is their number one corner. I like him. What have the Bengals talked about this offseason? They want more turnovers, more ball hawkers, basically, in the in that backfield, or, or in the secondary, rather, the backfield. Um, and, and so, to me, if you could get Josh Jackson to be the long-term opposite of William Jackson, and the Jacksons could make their own no-fly zone, and I know Dre Kirkpatrick is under contract long term. Darquez Denard, though, in a contract year. Uh, a, a lot of the there's a lot of uncertainty after the first two corners for the Bengals this year. Um, to me, Josh Jackson here would make a lot of sense, especially if you want to generate more turnovers. I think he had 27 passes defense last year. He's, his ball skills are. Um, if you look at ball skills in 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 the dictionary, he's on. Um, very close to the top or, or maybe even the picture of ball skills. Former receiver, long, um, he's hard to throw against because of it. The only thing I would say is if you're saying he can replace Denard in a year, I would be weary because um, the slot guy you normally want to be a little quicker, not as leggy. You're not going to get the same opportunities to display those ball skills. I think you would have to say maybe Kirkpatrick moves inside to the slot. Fair. You put the Jacksons on the outside, and that's who you roll with. Um, <clears throat> that's what I would do, by the way. The, that's what I would do. I think that'd be the smartest way to go about it. I think the even smarter way would be get whatever you could for Kirkpatrick. And now you have cheap contracts relatively for Jackson and Jackson. Denard, you, you extend him. He shouldn't cost too much after really only playing for two years, even if he has a solid year this year again. Um, so you reduce the cost at corner, and you probably are better off with Denard inside and both Jacksons on the boundary. And maybe you only get a third or fourth. I don't know what you get for Kirkpatrick, to be honest. I don't think you would get a second. Maybe you get a third-round pick for him, but I think that's that's some value. And I think a team like the Patriots would do that. I think 
the team like the Eagles would try and move Kirkpatrick and try and upgrade in that scenario. So um, I'm for it, and if we're the GMs and the owner in this scenario, you know, <laughs> we can make that subsequent decision. Um, so I can listen to that because I think Jack Jackson is Josh Jackson is very very fun. I'd love that two guys with ball skills like that. It would be so hard to throw against them, and it would be risky every time the quarterback put it in the air. Yeah, and and with that said, I'm going to play devil's advocate with myself here. The Bengals have invested so much in corner, so much in the cornerback position, and I love Josh Jackson. The idea of him next to William Jackson, and you're right. In in my eyes, you can always find a, a solid nickel corner at some point, whether that's paying Bernard, yeah. whether that's moving on from Dre. I'm on board with moving on from Dre, especially if you can get a, a solid mid-round pick. Heck, maybe you do it during the draft. I mean, maybe you try to do it this year. Um, right. So Josh Jackson on the outside, I like it. With that being said, they've kind of neglected the linebacker position for a long time. I mean, since Keith Rivers, when have they invested a high pick, first or second round, in a linebacker? It's been a while. So we've seen them go free agent after free agent to try to be almost a stopgap at linebacker. I get why you'd want to go with Leighton Vander Esch, especially if you say "Eh, he's got shades. There there are flashes of Brian Urlacher, and and you're not the only one I've talked to who loves his instincts on film, just his playmaking ability, the intelligence he plays with. So I get going with Leighton Vander Esch as well. What do you want to do? I don't know. It's so tough. All right, so we're between Leighton Van Der Esch and Josh Jackson. Uh, do you have Jackson ahead of Alexander? No, I have Jackson one spot behind Alexander. All right, Alexander's available too. Uh, I'm not as fam- I think Alexander could play the slot. I think he'd actually be really good in there. Okay, so that's the other option. Um, in my in my eyes, I'd rather have an outside guy. I think you could find the inside guys I do too. more often. So yep. I'm thinking of in terms of fit because I don't feel like they would move on from Kirkpatrick. Um, I think Jair's the more complete corner. Um, I think Jackson has the ball skill upside that I love. So uh, it's hard for me to pick between those two guys, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. So let's. All right. Let's do Jackson because we we've done the scenario where we can unload Dre and I think a lot of people listening to this are like yes unload him um, and even if it was for a fourth round pick I wouldn't be mad at it honestly I, I, let's see I wouldn't have paid pays it. off yeah let's see if one of the centers are still there okay all right so are we going risk, Van, right? are we going Vander Esch or Josh Jackson go Jackson and we're going to move Kirkpatrick or try okay all right so even Josh if it's Jackson. not this year and next year because Billy Price went always... to Buffalo the very next pick. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. I swear to God, that could happen. All right. So so far, so good. No centers. So far, so good. Okay. So one left. Ragno made it to forty six. That Ragnar's still there. Yes, made it Where'd to. Where did go? He went. Let's see here. Sorry, it went to the next page. All right, he went thirty ninth overall, so he fell. Okay. Which I don't think that happens either. <clears throat> I don't either. Do you agree with that? Um, but still, but we're using Matt Miller's board, so things are going to be different, you know, as mm-hmm. every teams will be. So we're trying to trust our board here based on Miller. If Miller's like our GM, right? Um, and so the bet paid off. Then, if you end up with 
Jackson or even Lander, Vander Esch because it would have been a similar bet, right? And then Ragnall at 46, that is a slam dunk because I think Ragnall's worth a first-round pick. Yeah, it, I would, I'd be so on board with it. It's, I just, I don't know how likely, <laughs> likely it is. I don't think it is either. And I think the fan speak mock was probably closer. And I, maybe next time, or if we do it, when we do it next week again and go through all, the whole entire draft, um, I think by then we'll see that those guys won't make it to 46. Yeah. And then, so that's the risk. And that's the risk that, because now if you, if you do that at, and honestly, this is what needs to happen. They need to trade up in round two. Like, we need to stop with this. If they don't get a center at 21, they need to do whatever they can to get up into the draft mm-hmm. early day two and get their guy. Agree? Yeah. Up to 36, 37, 38, like we saw, 39 was a center pick. Yeah, I think if you forego it, um, you should be ready to move and get aggressive. It's the biggest hole on the team. By the way, Leighton Vander Esch went to the Steelers in round one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other part of that, right? Do we want the Steelers to get somebody like that? Yeah. Oh, it sucks. That's what that's happens. Though, you know, we weren't confident in the pick, but then as soon as the Steelers get them, you kind of go like, "Oh, maybe we should have taken them." <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, Ragno, I'm on board, man. If I, if we could do Josh Jackson, Frank Ragno, I would do it, even if it meant. Spending a first, second, and let's say a fourth round pick to trade up. Would you do it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. By the way, uh, for I, the, I think you're getting two first round players, and that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. Uh, Mason Rudolph, just paying attention to the quarterbacks, went at the end of round two. Um, huh. He was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, picked 29 of the second round. Well, you think they would consider it at 46? I think so. I do. I, I, I And that you. would be. But but not if there's a, a top center available and they haven't addressed the center. Oh right, right. You know, I um, have Rudolph in that. I have him in the two A area on my Bengals board, and it pretty much puts him in the scenario that all the top guys would have to be gone. Yeah, yeah, and it, he's still there. And and the interesting thing is, it's I'm hearing a bunch of different things. Like it's it's shot down in a variety of ways. By the way, in the the Bengals mock, the Bengals.com mock that has Calvin Ridley. Mason Rudolph goes to the Patriots at 40, uh, 43, so he doesn't huh. make it to the Bengals. But it's close. And I think I think if he's there and they address center in round one, it's very real that they could consider him. Like, ser- they'll seriously have to go back and forth and debate it. So it'll be interesting. Joe, this yeah. was fun. Next time, How many rounds do you want to do next time? Four? I don't know. Four or five, because they have three picks from the fifth round. Yeah, and you're better at like the the deep end prospects, obviously. So yeah, we'll do we'll do five next week. How's that? Sounds good to me. He's Joe Goodberry. Make sure you check out his work for the Athletic on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I appreciate the time, man. I will uh, talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. You too, James. Thanks. That's Joe Goodberry on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Love the music there. That was a lot of fun doing that with him. Doing the mock, two mocks, corner one. I can't believe I won that argument. I thought we were going to have to do Leighton Vander Esch. He's got a really cool name. Good game, too. Uh, Solomon Tetman wrote about him in his prospect spotlights at LockedOnBengals.com. And it's it's worth checking out as well, considering that could be the pick at 21. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening. Back at it Monday. Dave Lapham on the podcast Monday. Until then, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. 
did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.